Armchair Detectives. Hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allie, and you're listening to Desk Chair Detectives. Hello! Hi! Welcome back. Yeah. I'm Herman To a brand new day. Fresh. <laughs> it's good to see Fresh you guys day. again. How have you been? I haven't talked to you guys in so long. <laughs> All right. Um, At, it's not Allie's turn. It's Rebecca's. I know. And then after this, I, I, I don't go for a while because Rebecca's taking her amazing vacation. I'm not going to that. But those will be episodes. The, you're going to, to the homeland. Yeah. Well, I just recently found out, though, that I'm only like 8% Irish. Oh, what else are you? Um, A lot of things, but mainly white. Like just 49% like Europe. And okay. Yeah. And then only 8% Irish, but I'm 10% like um, South American indigenous people, like from Honduras. Is that crazy? That is I had no idea about that one. Anywho, what do you got for us, Rebecca? Are we ready? Yes. Okay. So I will first ask, do you believe in ghosts? Yes. yeah okay well like i've never seen one like with my eyeballs but i've had some weird things happen that could be explained uh, via the paranormal via ghost yeah um do you also believe in like haunted houses or locations like that they haunt places yes yeah 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 sweet fantastic that's the answer i was looking for you're like good i don't have to fight with you ladies yeah because <laughs> today we're gonna talk about a very haunted location oh Yay. oh that's a good one it's spooky okay I'm scared. so this is the story <laughs> of new york city's house of death oh, oh my god <laughs> was- put an echo on that yeah. and put in the background <laughs> yeah a really good sound effect. yes so so, um this is a haunted mansion and it's known as the house of death and it's located in greenwich village in new york city is this what um eddie murphy's haunted mansion was based off of i doubt it i like that movie (laughs) me too i do like that that would be that would be a good (laughs) halloween costume sarah the (gasps) wall Ooh, that would be on a table copyright copyright don't steal it. I won't. Okay, so um, this building was built during the 1950s near the start of the Civil War, and it's located at 14 West 10th Street, which is around Washington Square Park. Okay. So it was originally a single-family home, but since it was built, it's been split into 10 different apartments, and people still live there today. 10 apartment oh mansion mansion you said mansion okay well it's it's um it's a brownstone so it's split into 10 apartments this this brownstone i was just picturing like mine and Allie's old apartment it was a house split (laughs) into like three apartments so i'm picturing that one split into 10 like shoebox yeah Mm. well it is new york city it is new york city not all of the apartments in this building are less than a thousand square feet so Mm -hmm. okay if that helps yeah so they they are shoebox (laughs) apartments um so to people that walk by it's a beautiful brownstone that looks like any other brownstone in this neighborhood 
its architecture is beautiful and it's on a picturesque city block. So while this may seem like just another historic or building, 14 West 10th Street has a really dark history. So this building was coined as the House of Death and it definitely has this name for a reason because since it was built, 22 people have died within its four walls. That's a lot of people. Oh, a lot. Yeah, that's, that's I'm not just like a couple. No, 22. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is what Taylor Swift's song is about. <laughs> yes, you're right. So legend has it that some of the people that died in this building have never left, um, including some residents that didn't even die in the house, but they lived there at some point during their lifetime and they just returned to come back to haunt it. That's interesting. Yeah. So Sarah, do you want to go back to our house and haunt it after we die? <laughs> sure. If you can Ready pick like life. a if you can pick like a place to haunt after you die, I feel like that would be. Pretty oh, I have so many people I want to haunt when I die, <laughs> including you two. <laughs> I, I, I could go on the podcast about it. Forever. Yeah, yeah, I'd welcome a haunt for me. <laughs> I would. So the most famous person that is alleged to haunt number fourteen is Mark Twain. What? Whoa. Yeah. So he lived there for one year between 1900 and 1901 there is actually like a plot yes yes mark twain like a uh, wrote a book like the writer yes, yes okay that mark twain <laughs> oh he wrote a book <laughs> he so he wrote that like book that one book. yeah <laughs> there's one invented a- electricity um I'm, edison edison i was almost gonna say okay. Einstein. Jesus. i was about I was to just- say i was about to say benjamin franklin Benjamin, Fr- well, it wasn't electricity, was it Ben Franklin or? That it doesn't matter. Bulb, but I, at no? first, when you first said Mark Twain, I was like, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a writer, the author. Okay. God, we sound so dumb. I'll edit it's that fine. out. <laughs> um, so there's a plaque outside of the building that's still there today that like memorializes his stay at Ooh. 14 West 10th Street. Um, but he died in Connecticut. So he's an example of one of the residents that didn't die in the building, but returned to haunt it later. Okay. So here's the story about Mark Twain and his hauntings of 14 West 10th Street. So in the early 1930s, around 20 years after he died, Twain consistently haunted a mother and daughter that were living in the house at the time. The two said that they saw Mark Twain near a window just looking out of it, and he was dressed in a white suit. His spirit allegedly said, my name is Clements, and I has a problem here. I gotta settle. I hey, it's I me, has... Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be called Clements now. So. Ooh, it's Mark Twain. No, but um, <laughs> then he disappeared, but like, I don't know if you know this, but like Mark Twain's name wasn't actually Mark Twain. Like that was his pen was name. Was it Clemens? His real name is Sam Clemens. Yeah. <laughs> so we are struggling on this one today. Yeah. <laughs> so I just put that in there for anybody who didn't know, but we did. You guys Yeah, did. I totally so knew fine. that. I was keeping you on your toes. Yeah. It's just for the people <laughs> that could be listening that might not know. Gotta fill them in. Yeah. In case Paul or my mom or Allie's aunt. What's her name? Yeah. Allie's aunt Jojo 
in case they didn't know mm-hmm. in case our double d's didn't know our double d's that's our, our that's uh we're hard launching that is our uh that's what is it called base. our fan club mm-hmm. is called yes. the double d's, double d's. yes um so he he said i has a problem i gotta settle here which is kind of concerning <laughs> for someone who is an author um yeah what so but like apparently he had some personal business to take care of at 14 west 10th street so he was just making that known to the people that live there i guess allegedly what's his problem does he tell he you? never he never specified he just told people he had he never issues. called the building manager <laughs> no he just he had a bone to pick with somebody <laughs> in the building um so other residents that have lived there claim to have seen have saw him but didn't have like verbal interactions like these two said they had um but they said that as they've lived there they've seen him in his white suit near a staircase on the first floor so I guess that's like where he liked to hang out when he lived there I don't know Hmm. but like I said earlier this building was converted into 10 apartments after like a while after it was a single family home um and this was done only a few years after that mother and daughter um left so now I'm going to talk to you about um the most notorious haunting that Ooh. has happened in this building so that was just about like a little anecdote about Marcus. that was like casper the friendly ghost yeah he didn't like do anything like spooky or suspicious he was just yeah. hanging out and had a, told people he had he's problems. not a problem who doesn't yeah. you know <laughs> so this um is about a poor woman who was targeted the most while living in this building and she was an author ironically and her name was jan bryant bartell So she moved into this mansion in 1957 with her husband after it was made into apartments and they moved into the apartment on the top floor of the building. So um, Jan actually died in 1973, but she released a memoir that contained like detailed accounts of all the hauntings that she experienced Mm -hmm. while living there. That's good that like, I feel like if it was happening to me, it would be wasted because I just wouldn't write about it or anything but like a a legit author like a writer (laughs) those are haunting the right people yeah yeah yeah. they probably picked her on purpose because they knew that they would get their story out there yeah so according to her memoir not long after the couple moved in they quickly experienced hauntings on the first day that they moved in jan said she felt a chill that the house was closing in around her no she she said she was immediately worried by this feeling that she got on the first day that they moved in immediately no immediately no immediately no um but there was a housing shortage at the time so she felt like she had no other choice but to stay yeah uh yikes so only a few days after they settled into their apartment jan said that she felt a monstrous moving shadow that loomed up behind her And when she turned around, she saw nothing. She also claimed in her memoir that she never felt alone in her apartment ever. Mm -hmm. So um, another thing she wrote in her memoir is that things started happening as soon as they moved in, like I said, but just on a small scale. Like they heard footsteps following them around. She would feel like subtle brushes against her body as if someone was like walking by her. 
and they also experience like strange rotting smells that will oh god so quickly no. i'm still watching Dahmer, so i can't yeah. it's too no, soon no. okay well we're gonna continue anyway <laughs> end the episode here uh, no <laughs> rotting I, I draw the line at rotting it's rotting smells <laughs> Uh, so over the next seven years, Jan would be tormented by the ghosts in the house, including Mark Twain, not to the same extent, but she said that she also saw those visions of Mark Twain that other people said they did too. So um, she said the hauntings from the quote, icy hands of the house's former inhabitants were both physical and psychological. And most of the interactions that she would have with these spirits lasted several minutes. No. So yeah, like it, icy hands. Icy hand, yeah. So some of the th- other things that she experienced include seeing shadows that no light would touch. Their dog would also like ferociously bark at this empty chair, like there was someone like threatening, sitting there. Um, furniture was moved from their original places with no explanation to how it moved, and she also said she heard constantly the sound of breaking glass and that sound like followed her no matter where she was in her apartment so if she heard it in one room and moved she would hear it just as loud and at the same like tone as she was in the previous room no weird did she ever did she find like actual broken glass? no it was just the sound of broken glass like something was breaking yeah a little creepy just a little bit um they were also constantly smelling these gross odors too. Um, sometimes like things that were rotting. And then she also explained that she was smelling like smells of ancient perfumes, whatever that oh, smells God. like. Mine's so, just powder and like flowers. I guess. So <laughs> between rotting smells and old lady perfumes, I guess. I do. I have heard on like ghost shows and stuff. I think and I didn't make this up, but like, a lot of people will say like rotting eggs is like a smell, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Gross. Um, so another like really random and strange occurrence that she talked about was that her and her husband found an old shriveled up grape in the middle of a clean dinner plate on their dining room table one day. So a raisin? <laughs> so a raisin. Was it purple or green? Yeah, what kind? But it's just, they said that neither of them had any idea how it got there because one, their table like wasn't set for dinner. So they didn't know how like a plate got there, nor had they bought grapes for a couple months. So they had no idea how how that got there. I like, like just trying to do their part and yeah, they just trying to have a snack. I just thought, girl, you gotta watch your figure. Here's a raisin. I just thought that was like the funniest, most random like thing that could happen. Like a shriveled up grape just on a plate on a table. Yeah. I don't know. Weird. But there are other things that were way more frightening than just like stuff like this. Um, One time she saw a vision of a man that like completely terrified her. So in her memoir, she talked about like reaching out and trying to touch the spirit in this experience. Would never be my reaction. No, no, no. Wouldn't no, you no, just no. like run the other way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, run into it and make it possess you. That's what you want. <laughs> Homie reached out and touched it though. Um, and no. she said 
So she explained how it felt. And she said it was a substance without substance, chilly and damp. I could feel my fingers freeze at the tips. They were numb and yet they tingled. In the split second between contact and recoil, the scent came, fragile and sweet, unbearably, coyingly sweet. Weird. Like, I don't like that. So she was like cold and numb, and then like something smelled good, I guess. Yes. George. Hi, George. Can you hear this? Is he leaning against the wall? Huh. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. We're just recording the podcast. He's looking at sports. Mm. Sports. so um so after a while the bartels had enough of the ghostly torment so they actually decided to bring in a paranormal expert and a medium into their home to see like what they could do about well this was like olden times right it wasn't like this is in the 50s this was olden times this was in the 1800s when was mark twain alive the pilgrims were here no, this ha- this was happening in the late 50s, early 60s, because they lived okay, there for okay. seven years and moved in in 57. Okay, so, okay. so they brought in some people to, to help with this ghosty issue. So immediately when the medium walked in the door, she said she felt a presence and that she was sure that there were three things that were dead underneath the floorboards specifically three like, I, I know like, like specific, specific, she named the three humans <gasps> she named it no and three is like in ghost it's like three is like dead time bad like three in the morning yeah, yeah. it's like it's Do like it. the anti anti jesus anti thing yeah. you know isn't like between between demons three and four a.m right yeah, yeah. dead time does anybody want to guess what the three things she said mark twain mark twain a bunny <laughs> The rest and, of the grapes. <laughs> and a grape farmer. Final answer. <laughs> um, wrong, but... Um, not even Mark she, Twain? <laughs> not Mark Twain, no. She said that there was a young girl with curly hair and blue eyes under the floorboards. Um, an aborted, yeah, an aborted child. A what child? An aborted child. Okay. A child that had been aborted. So, yes. Oh, my. And a small gray cat. <gasps> I was close. I said a bunny. You were close with the bunny. Yes. So, later on in this evaluation, when the medium and the paranormal expert were in the apartment, the medium became possessed by one of the spirits in the house. Please tell me it was the cat. It was not the cat. I wish. I, wish. <laughs> I wish it was the cat but no so she was possessed by a woman that claimed to be named rainy mallison and she was a 19 year old woman that was born in 1848 so like through this medium this spirit claimed to have been married to a man named henry mcdermott and then she went on to explain that she blamed president lincoln for henry's death because he died as a soldier during the civil war oh wow and then the medium like started to cry and become like absolutely hysterical 
And then she started talking about a child that she aborted when she lived in the house, which is wow. crazy because the medium immediately said that there was a child that was aborted. And then like later on, she was, the, the spirit was saying that she had a child that was aborted. And it, like the, the medium said, or the, I forgot their job title, said that it was under the floorboards. Yeah. So did like, so she got a smush motion and then put the baby under the like buried it that's that's what they said i don't think they ever like looked underneath the floorboards yeah. because i mean at the like their mediums and like at this time it's yeah kind of like you, yeah you're you're crazy you know what i yeah, mean so, crazy girl crazy <laughs> um so after hearing all of this the paranormal expert like immediately tried to get the medium like out of the trance that she was in from this spirit so he told all the spirits to leave the property and to go and leave these people in peace that's what he said so according to Jan Bartel in her memoir the medium's voice like completely changed from her normal voice Mm -hmm. and they they she describes it as an explosive shot that came out of her mouth and then she screamed never i will not leave here they will have to go this is my home i will never leave <gasps> no no yeah get some holy no water me. yeah right it reminds me of like uh like the conjuring movies or like the exorcism movies and stuff and well i would hear the exorcism was like the the exorcist, the exorcist. was in like the uh, 70s or 80s 70s I, 70s, I think. I think. Yeah. So, so like this was before then. Time. So it wasn't before, even like yeah. yeah. Like I feel like a lot. Like after that movie came out, people did a lot of like copycat things, right? Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm. is like before this that. This was before, so, yeah. yeah. So naturally, after this experience, they moved out. They were like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm done. We're moving out." And um, Jan Bartel said that the house poisoned her forever after that. That like she was never the same after living there. She's definitely a writer. Like, even the way she said that, the house poisoned yeah. me forever. Yeah. Very, and like, I mean, I don't know how I would react to something like this, but to me, like, the way she was writing, it was a tad dramatic, but like, yeah. I yeah. also don't, I've yeah. never been haunted, so I really yeah. can't say. Um, so, not many residents were as brave as the Bartels, though. Like, a lot of these experiences happened to people that lived there and they resulted in like them moving out before their leases were up like they were like goodbye I really don't want to be anywhere near 14 West Street 10th Street yeah so um another really weird freaking thing that I'll say about like the Bartell hauntings was that um their neighbor that lived underneath them um he said he believes in all these accounts that Jan wrote about in her memoir Um, And he even bought the memoir like after it was published, but he said he had to buy the book 10 different times because it keeps disappearing from his bookshelf. Wow, that's weird. He couldn't get a free copy from his old neighbor. Right. (laughs) Well, I think it, um, it was published like right before she died. So it was, but I thought that was like the creepiest thing out of all of it that like his book kept about the hauntings of the house like and they like knew that it was about them yeah um also one resident of 16 west 10th street which was the building right next door um 
a resident that lived in that building said that he even experienced some hauntings because the walls don't stop them from doing anything. That's what he said. Um, And in the 20 years that he's lived there, he's seen like visions of women in long gowns going from room to room. So I think it's kind of interesting that people that don't live directly in the building, but like share a wall from, you know, being right next door that they're experiencing it too. Um, this man who is a photographer, he said that he would have like models come over to be photographed and they would just like leave his apartment in fear because they claimed to see this woman in the long gown and a ghost cat. <gasps> a cat. A cat. Wow. A little spooky, right? <laughs> so it's pretty evident that like, you know, this building's pretty spooky and there are countless instances where people have seen spirits, whether it was harmless or something a little bit more frightening like Jan Bartell. Um, however, there's another reason why 14 West 10th Street was deemed the house of death. And this oh, reason it has nothing to do with the spirits that haunt it, but rather a real life monster that lived there. For oh, no. Is it someone we would know? No, I never heard of it until I looked this up. So in the late 1980s, so 20, 30 years after the Jan Bartel thing, 14 West 10th Street had a resident named Joel Steinberg. He was a well-to-do lawyer that lived in one of the building's apartments with his partner, Hida Nussbaum, who at the time was a children's books editor at random house publishing so many like um like book people in yeah this, right right how creepy um so these two also lived with two children a six-year-old named lisa and an 18-month-old baby named mitchell who were adopted so to the public they seemed like a happy little family unit but that all came crumbling down in november of 1987 So what people didn't know about Steinberg was that he had major drug problems and a very violent nature. Um, On the night, on one night in November, Steinberg freebased so much cocaine and then beat six-year-old Lisa. Yeah, that's, that's bad. Very bad. So he left this poor little girl on the bathroom floor of his apartment broken, bruised, and fighting for her life. Oh, God. That same night, he also tied Mitchell, the 18-month-old baby, to his playpen with a rope and then beat and threatened his (gasps) partner, Hida, before he left the apartment to meet friends. So he beat the little girl, tied the baby to his playpen with a rope, and then beat his partner and then left. Oh, my God. So Hito was so scared of what Steinberg would do or what would happen if she went to go help Lisa or if they tried to leave the apartment. So she just ended up leaving Lisa alone in the bathroom and like hid in the apartment after Steinberg left. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. When he came back, he and Hita did more cocaine together until about four o'clock in the morning. During this time, Mitchell was still tied to his playpen with a rope, and now he was, like, sitting in his own urine and, like, not changed. 
and Lisa was unconscious in the bathroom. Does she have blonde curly hair? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure about that one. I didn't get a description of her. Is this? I'm sorry. This was before. This was after the Bartels. Yeah, this was in the late eighties. Oh, okay. okay. I thought thought Lisa was gonna be the little girl buried under the floorboards. Oh my god, no. Um, yeah, so this was in 87. So when around 6.30 in the morning, Kita finally called the police. I don't really know, like, why she didn't before. I mean, she said she was scared. I don't know, but it's yeah. kind Drugs. of, it, yeah. Um, so at 6.30, she called the police. And when they arrived, Kita answered the door and the police found her, like, her face was covered in cuts and bruises. Her lip was split open. So it was evident that Hida like experienced abuse. Yeah. Um, so medics pushed through the door and they found Lisa who was still alive in the bathroom, but she was unconscious and they just rushed her to the hospital. They also found baby Mitchell like covered in dirt and like severely neglected from oh. no one like paying attention to him for a long time. Um, so Lisa arrived at the hospital and when they did, they declared her brain dead and she did pass away like three days after that. Oh, poor baby Lisa. So when authorities like checked into their family situation, because like Joel Steinberg and Hida, like they were never married, like the kids were adopted. So they, they just looked into it a little bit more. And they discovered that Steinberg and Nussbaum like never adopted either child legally. They, they were not legal adoptions. Um, Where did it they was get later, them from? Yeah, it was later revealed that Steinberg, he was a lawyer and sometimes he handled like adoption cases. And when Lisa and Mitchell's cases were handed to him, he and Hida Nussbaum like took the children and never went through finding them real adoptive parents. Wow. Um, I also read that Lisa's like biological mom paid Steinberg like extra money to find her like a Catholic family to adopt her because she wanted her to have like a good family. And I guess she Steinberg was like, Steinberg doesn't let's, sound let's, Catholic. Yeah, they, they were both Jewish. So like, I don't know if he did it out of like spite because she wanted Catholics to raise the yeah. kid that she was putting up for adoption. But I don't know. But Steinberg ended up taking her himself like illegally. <sighs> so wild about that but because of the abuse that like Hida endured charges against her for Lisa's death were dropped and she ended up just testifying against Joel in court so in addition to the physical abuse that Joel inflicted upon Hida and Lisa Hida also revealed that Lisa was sexually abused by people who were outside of like their family so I don't know if it was like friends of them or random people but she admitted in court that they that joel would like bring home people yeah yeah so gross so gross um and then medical experts also testified that if help was called for lisa earlier she would most likely still be alive so the fact that they didn't call like that he didn't call like right after he left um was like a major like slip up and that costed her her life yeah um so steinberg ended up being charged with first degree manslaughter and he served 16 years in prison 
under protective custody. So like <laughs> he didn't even get to like interact with the rest of the prisoners. Oh, I'm in Gen Pop. Gen Pop. He didn't yeah. get to get his ass beat. No. <laughs> in many different ways. <laughs> um, so he was actually released from prison in 2004. What? Oh God! No. And he works in construction. And by the time when I was looking this up, they said he lived in Harlem. Um. So Hida has since gone like undergone like a lot of facial reconstructive like plastic surgeries to help with like the years of abuse that she endured. Um. And since then, she's done a lot of work for like abused women, facilitating support groups. She was she was speaking at like colleges and shelters about domestic abuse and writing books about it um and baby Mitchell ended up going back into the custody of his biological mother because like even though she waived her parental rights she was granted custody of him again because the adoption was never never legal yeah first place so yeah so he had like a better life with her no, like that was that they just gave him back to his mom and that was it because he was a minor too. So they couldn't really like see much about his yeah. situation. But after this horrific event in the 1980s, 14 West 10th Street hasn't really had much activity since then. Um, some of the residents that live there still claim that they're spirits, but there aren't experiences that stand out like Jan Bartels and like also, I don't think anybody has written like memoirs about it that people would be able to like look at. Yeah. Um, however, like this entire New York City block has really interesting tidbits of history. Like people say the spirit of um, a poet named Emma Lazarus, who was the woman who wrote the poem on the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty. Um, they say that they see her spirit lurking around her old house, which was number 18. Mm. Um and then famous poet Edgar Allan Poe also lived on West 10th Street at number 17. I and heard of him. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I would hope so. Um, and the number 17, it, it was his last known residence in New York City. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I also looked up if there's any properties for sale right <gasps> now on West 10th Street. Let's go in. And I found that number 24 is for sale. How much? And this is the most terrifying part of the entire episode. It is currently listed for $25 million. Oh, pocket change. Between the three of us, we could swing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 25 mil. That's a, yeah. So all I'm saying is number 14 may not be the only building on West 10th Street that has like spooky or ghostly pasts yeah and certainly not the only one with a scary future because i poop my pants when i find out it was 25 million for number 24 wow so um yeah so that's the history and story behind new york city's house of death and if you want i can show you some pictures yeah i want to see it. it yeah and yeah. um we can post it on our instagram too for everyone yes. else to say let me show i love story. that you love a spooky story i'm a spooky gal yeah that was a good follow-up episode yeah yeah i i I was i was happy that uh it wasn't as heavy yeah we we woke up and chose very different paths (laughs) uh can you let me share my screen oh so sorry so sorry i'm good there you go thank you darling 
Okay, so this is the outside, just like Ooh. cute little brownstone. That has 10 apartments in there. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, like I said, I was looking it up and not one of them is over a thousand square feet. So yeah, that's eight apartments, right? Or look, I bet yeah. look, or there's what, five windows. Two? I bet each window is a different apartment. One, yeah, two, three, one, four, two. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, that's accurate. Those um, like basement ones always freak me out. In yeah, New York. I I wouldn't want one. I I honestly wouldn't want any of these. No, like, get me up higher. But then it's like yeah. I don't want a fourth story walk up either. Yeah, I'd be good on the third floor. Like this one is still really close to the street. Yeah, third right. floor is when I start to lose my breath. I feel like. <laughs> well, I feel like here, it would only you would only have to go up two flights of stairs or like. Oh, when you're right, you're right. When yeah. you're right, you're right. Because you have to go down here. True, true. But anyway, um, this is the plaque that is outside of the house. From yeah, Mark look, Twain's it says it right there. Plaque. Yeah, Mark Twain, Samuel, that one book, Langhorn Clemens. Yeah. Author of the one book. <laughs> no, author of that one book. Um, okay. And then I found this on Zillow. So this is what like it looks like inside now. All these um that's nice. Yeah. One of the apartments. The clutter is killing me. I know it's too much. It's Maybe they're in the process from, of moving. Yeah, it's clearly a quarantine uh, setup. They have their computer on their living room table. Yeah small kitchen so nice though it's for a new york city apartment like i imagined yeah. it to be a lot smaller than this but still it's a view kind of nice it's bigger oh. than i expected yeah. but like they have these units so like that's how it would be like 2.8 million dollars to buy one of these apartments wow and like 950 900 a thousand let's see wait let's see unit um 4e the small you know what neighborhood it's in um it's by washington square park um that looks like our kitchen my kitchen from my old apartment hardwood was i mean it's nice for a new york city apartment but like look at the rent estimate Six, six grand 000, for one bedroom 900 square feet Mm-mm. nutty but okay here oh my god this gives me anxiety all the well things that are for sale this is 24 oh that's available for 25 mil, but it's the whole house we're now starting a gofundme like, to buy okay. me this but i don't want to live in new york it's gorgeous though okay. It really is. I love brownstones. They're so pretty. But like, look how many floors it has. Oh, There's God. five floors in the roof. A library, recreation room. There's like six bedrooms. Right? There's a terrace, on, like a garden in the... There's They have backyard space. That's nuts. So... Anybody who wants to donate to our um, 24 West 10th Street Fund, let us know. Our double D fund. Our double D fund. I love the built-ins. Yeah, I know. They're so pretty. But yeah, that's that's the house of death for you. I like it. It was spooky. Yeah, Yeah. that was a good one. Spooky and scary. Way to go, Rebecca. Thanks, pals. 
All right. Well, I'm going to go to bed early. Yeah. It's 725. <laughs> I'm so sleepy. I didn't get enough naps today. <laughs> Wait, let's say goodbye. Okay. Bye. 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 Forgot to mute myself. <laughs> Resources for this episode include the New York Post, untapcities.com, and sixsquarefeet.com.